and welcome back to another exciting episode of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jamie. And I am your other host, Mark. Welcome to the all-in episode of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. We're going to be focusing primarily on the upcoming biggest wrestling event in of all time all, of all time unless of you ask time. North Korea and I do want to clarify this last week we were talking about this and I said that there was one other event above WrestleMania 32 that supersedes the the attendance however it was the clash in Korea which I think I said la- last time as well uh and it was a mandatory attendance yeah, by I don't everybody think it counts. in North Korea and right. if you don't understand what I mean by with North Korea just yep. look up Take anything some time in the past 10 years look that up. of North Korea uh but it was a forced attendance and it was not a paid event right so I really um, think you can't say that don't. that necessarily it, counts this is the all highest in is paid. now the highest paid Right, uh, wrestling event. Um, uh, congratulations to, to AEW for pulling that off, and also congratulations to WWE who have also pulled off selling over eighty thousand tickets over the course of two days for WrestleMania next year. I think it was ninety. Did they already hit ninety? I, I heard believe, eighty. I believe they were using ninety, and it was regardless still still I, a cool the thing. The reason I even remember that it was ninety is because it just felt like it's they more were, than eighty. They were trying to push it a little <laughs> bit more, which is good. It's all hey, fine. Let's just let's just um, all say congratulations to both companies for being oh, for able sure. to pull off and I, such an amazing feat. I just love seeing the internet meltdown when stuff like this happens because you know it's just funny to watch it's kind of one of those things where it's like it's become a divided wrestling country just like how the country was divided for a while it feels like that where like people feel like they have to be team AEW or team WWE but we're just team coffee and wrestling here and we're just trying to we just talk about I'm happy for everybody and talking about teams before we get into all in uh, I've got to give there's not a the, the WWE Women's Tag Championship have been... I'm sorry, in, that was a yeah, little rough. That was You're rough. going through it. That you was rough. It. Uh, they've been just cursed? as rough as my last four sentences. Uh, <laughs> they've been very cursed. A lot of people have been injured. There has been a lot of just not the best with this. Um, but I And we had talked about it last week, and I just... I really got to give WWE its props. Yeah, just when we were saying that Chelsea Green was doing something great with the tag team championships, I, doing the interviews, right. they came around literally the day we debuted our last week's podcast. And Which uh, every Monday morning, start your uh, you. week off with a fresh cup of wrestling and coffee. Coffee and wrestling. Not wrestling and coffee is a good guy hey, to follow, but coffee and friend, wrestling is a podcast. No, coffee and wrestling. Um, so they did, uh, Chelsea Green had tried to stay relevant, didn't want to have to give up her tag team oh, championship belts, and was doing interviews, had several celebrities uh, speak up and say yep. that they wanted to be a part of Team Chelsea. Hashtag Team Chelsea. Um, so when Raw came around, they found a partner for her. No, actually, they didn't find Oh, it. I'm sorry. Her she tag team her partner her. found herself. Uh, and we would actually, we were talking about Piper Nevin that, er, that podcast as it's well. It's just great. I feel like she we predicted the future here. shows up and <laughs> grabs the other belt from uh, Chelsea and says, I'm your tag partner. And I love it because it was it was even done further beyond this. Like, it was a real quick segment. I'm your new tag partner. That's it. And it was like, okay, cool. Yep. Like, they did like a photo shoot in the back afterwards. And, it, well, and she even said, you know, well, you kind of have to, you know, you, you got to you know, go through the application process. And she just looked and was like, no, I am your partner. And even like beyond that, like later on, I think it was on the bump. They had Chelsea green talking about her newfound tag team partner. And she was very kind of wishy-washy. Well, you know, I'm, uh, let me talk to the upper management to see what uh, they say about her being my tag partner. Uh, it's not, I don't believe it's a hundred percent official yet, but uh, it, it, we'll, we'll see. And she ends up calling in, 
and Piper so, does right. Piper ends up calling in, and her tone completely changes. She's like, you know, we're I am your tag partner. She's like, oh yeah, Chelsea just like completely to- changes tone. I, I, yeah, we're we're I can't wait. We're gonna have one of the most dominant <laughs> tag team championship runs in I, all of women's history. It's gonna be great. You're, you know, of course you're the tag. It just I love it. It's it's that Karen mentality that they're exactly. really leaning in hard with her. And Chelsea is going around saying that this is her second tag team run. That she's oh, a two-time because oh my she has a different reign with Piper it's so than good. she did with Sonya. It's perfect. It is. I feel like it Great is, job is staying relevant. up to par with the same thing that we have with Christian in AEW being oh, the TNT sure. champion. For sure. People Everybody knows it's it. bullshit. Everyone knows what he's saying <laughs> is like not even borderline true. Right. It is so far from being true. It's yeah. unreal. Uh, but I, I've really you just want to believe it, though. I really love what they've done with the with the ta- with this situation with uh, a, yeah. Props to WWE for superstar. going with it. You and, know, yeah, and just what leaning into plan? it instead of stripping them. Because Chelsea that would be figured what, it out for them. Yeah, you know, and it would have been what the third or fourth uh, couple that have been stripped of the tag team championships since Sasha and Mercedes left. Well, I mean, or, if you're talking uh, about Naomi? injured, I think there's been five or six tag it's, teams yeah. that have had injuries. So hopefully, this is this is new doors to. Or open doors to a new situation with the women. Oh, class. yeah, because Piper and Chelsea both absolutely deserve the, the time. And while we're giving out congratulations, it would be silly of us not to give a huge congratulations to Edge, who has spent the last 25 years in WWE. And as uh, JR could not help but say on Collision this week, he signed Edge and Christian on the same week. Yep. Which So 25 years ago this week, Edge and Christian debuted in wwe and we've seen a hell of a career from christian or i'm sorry from uh, edge well both yeah we saw what i think it was <laughs> seven or nine years i can't remember that he was not an active yeah i think it was seven in wrestling in any capacity he even said he stopped watching the project or uh the product uh and i guess not i guess but it's been uh found out that tony khan had talks with edge back in 2019 when they were starting up AEW and getting superstars for the new promotion and at that at that time that kind of started making the wheels go in edge's head and actually got him in back in contact with wwe got cleared a year later and then debuted um but yeah 25 years of incredible of edges i i've i was never i was never a big edge fan because he was like one of the anti-heroes that i hated back you okay. know that you were supposed to back back when we were kids. Right, they the, did what they the were 90s. supposed to do there. Yeah, it was just like Chris Jericho. I mean, today I I find Chris Jericho to be one of the most like interesting wrestlers of the the most re- of my watching wrestling. So yeah. Edge is another one that I've kind of grown into. Like, okay, I may have not in like liked him as a wrestler, but he did exactly what he gave me a bad guy. He gave me somebody that when he came on screen, I was like, I want whoever's against him to. To you know, f- to beat to whoop him. his I ass just, yeah, just I don't, because you just don't like because him, he's Edge, right? Because he's this pompous right. ass, and, and obviously we had that whole thing with Edge and Matt Hardy. When, oh yeah, when we were growing up. Yeah, if so you know, you, you know. That, if, you're, that was if you were a Hardy boy stand, then you just had to hate him. I, first time I ever heard the words "Ring of Honor" was in WWE when he came out and said "Ring of Honor, here I come." I, yeah, the amount of TLC matches that Edge has been involved in, the everything like uh, the brood, pivotal to our childhood for uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, and. and so good to see it come to a head and it's with one of his best friends in wwe sheamus i Um, I don't know who could have done it better on the active roster to to do that match with him it was incredible and it's crazy because edge like like we were just talking about he's got a legendary career sheamus very similar in the same vein to where may not be as legendary as 
you know, he didn't do as many first things as Edge did coming up through the Attitude Era, but Sheamus just having a, an illustrious career, sure, for a, a, an absolute power. We always we always use the word consistent workhorse. is great with he, him. Yeah, he's always wh- whoever he's involved in a segment with, he's always you know elevating everything. Absolutely, with his always performs with his promos are fantastic. Oh, his yeah. in ring. Uh, He's always been able to perform in ring when and him and Cesaro had that looked, tag team. I loved it. Oh yeah, the bar. Yeah, and he look. He always looks the part. He does. You know, and he's very and even with like the little uniqueness of him being super pale and a gin, and you know with, with red hair. Yeah, and, he just went with it. Yeah, and it, you, and have him be Edge's quote unquote final opponent in WWE, and that's a whole box that we we, we can unpack, and I don't think we're ready to unpack that yet. No. Um, but it, it, it great way to to round it off. If this is Edge's final match, if we never see Edge in a wrestling ring again, I can't oh. I can't be unhappy with the run. I'm glad I that have we were words, able to see but... <laughs> him return from his injury that was a life changing injury, sure. and be able to finish his career in the WWE way the it. way he wanted to, with a smile on his face in his hometown of sure. Toronto. Fuck the Leafs. Um, and it just, it, it was a really good feel, <laughs> fuck the Leafs. It was a Beth really was good there, feel, good moment. Yeah, there, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, she's it crying. Really, it felt, it felt it very felt genuine, it heartfelt. Felt good. Yeah. Um, with that being said, and like I said, I don't think this is the time and place to unpack this because he still, he has stated his contract is not up until the end of September. Right. So he doesn't it, have any his, matches so far. That was far, his but... last contracted match that Correct. he was, hey, had to do. So he won't be at all in. Uh, I guess he'll be on the uh, WWE bump this week. So, you know, that he's not done with WWE yet. So, yeah, he won't be at all, all in, even though that's how the minute he said this is my final <laughs> match, because he had a couple minutes after uh, SmackDown and he talked to the crowd. And, of course, the Internet just blows up with with rumors of, oh, my God, Edge is going to all in. Edge is all elite. It's going to be Edge and Christian. I mean, we were even like geeking out. Oh, my God, what if Edge and Christian show, you know, Can't help team back up in AEW. Then here comes the Hardys. And with Impact 1000 coming up, you have Team 3D or Dudley Boys. Sure. If you're not a complete mark, is reuniting for the first time in, I think, 10 years. It's one of those things where you, all of the planets are aligning, and you can't just sit here and look at them and be like, "All right, there's the potential." I mean, yeah, and Edge has said this is my last calendar year. I'm not going to be longer than a calendar year. Well, he even said he never said he has a full year, but he never said anything about you know maybe a match or two, maybe a couple of months, maybe a month, maybe just a few days. Maybe he just shows up somewhere. Exactly. And he's, even, kind of, he's able to do that at this point in his life that he can just kind of drop in and right. that be his career. That's okay too. You oh know? yeah, drop in for two months and be part of a segment and, and, and sure. elevate something and, and whether it's It'll in be WWE the new Johnny TV. Or yeah, I mean you know <laughs> it's. I think it would be silly for people to think that Edge has not at least considered going outside of the WWE once his contract well, is done, and especially with somebody like Christian that we just said that they came into the company together. Mm-hmm. You know, it would, it would only make sense for them to continue something like that for for a last run. And it's, you know, I don't know. It's kind of funny because people think, no way. And it's like, well, I mean, look what they've, oh, look yeah. what AEW's been able to pull off. No way my ass. Look, look at, at every, the people who work there. Look at every person that has come back to wrestling. Ric Flair had his quote unquote final match at what, 75? How old is he? I mean, I don't it, know. It's it's a That's never say, dust. it's a never say never, <laughs> you know, situation. Vince McMahon said it perfectly. I if it's going to make me money, why would I not consider it? Exactly. You know what I mean? Whether you're 75 years old, 25 years old, one-legged, Brock Lesnar, uh, <laughs> The Undertaker. like I mean, even Taker's doing 
like podcast esque like individual shows still making that bank on that on that Undertaker name, you know right. what I mean? So it would be silly not to think like, okay, Edge has had a twenty five year run in the WWE. He has, you know, done everything that he could possibly want to do in a wrestling career. He's revolutionized tag team wrestling. It would be silly not He's had to a great con- not to run think too. that he that he yeah that he wouldn't consider at least going maybe a little bit more. And I think that's probably like a Brian Danielson situation Some too. Like, shit, you know? like he, Brian's very, very uh, real, and when he talks about that, it wasn't he left because he was mad. You know, he just came over to the AEW, try something, something different, different, do yeah. something different with his career, and end yeah. it again the way that you wanted to end it. So, I mean, you can't say it's not possible. No. But it's got to happen in the next year or two. Right, it's not like right. everybody can keep going forever. I mean, we talk about AW. Christian really still has it. <laughs> yeah, he. I mean, yeah, he performed a hell of a match with Darby Allen this week. Um, he's forty nine. Yeah, I, I, he doesn't I'm like show it off. As to what, what do you even say? Like, yeah, he's wearing the turtleneck, but underneath he's just. Oh, he's getting ripped. it. He's good. Oh yeah, you can <laughs> even see well. even with that that sleeveless turtleneck when he when he raises his arms up, you can see his delts. I mean, you can see the ribbons in his delts. Yeah. Like it's that's not a a like old man thing. That is a young man's physique he has. So I mean, he's killing it. So I mean, it would it, it would make sense. But either way, so glad to see Edge rounding off 25 years oh, of it WWE. felt great it felt Again, so much nostalgia being able to watch all the stars talking about the time that they've, yeah, they had, they've oh grown up they watching him you know numerous vignettes and numerous promos of different superstars and wrestlers talking about the impact where edges have if you haven't seen it go on wwe's youtube if you don't feel like watching the entire smackdown but it's it, i'm guaranteed they've got it on there it's it's a, if you've ever enjoyed any of his matches great thing to go back and just watch all right, so we're just going to move on to everything AEW. And one of the hot topics that's been going on this week is the fact that CM Punk has not confirmed his match with Samoa Joe. Let's be real. Of course he was going to say yes, but hasn't actually confirmed that yet. Samoa Joe said at the beginning of Collision that this week that he was basically there to find, get an answer from CM Punk. Yeah, he started because that Collision's got those really neat little promos. Oh, I love the, the beginning. beginning. I get excited uh, for it. And Joe said he's got a match tonight and he really wants his answer from CM Punk. Uh, he came out to somebody, and this is classic, you know, going to get squashed. Well, he fought uh, Sir Penico last week, so you knew it wasn't going to be good for whoever right, was about to get me right. in the ring. Uh, and it was Gold Vampire, I Yeah, I thought was it was name. Cash at first, or Dax, I, I'm sorry. It, it, very reminiscent of Cash and uh, Wheeler's... Uh, Cash and Wheeler, Dax Cash and, and Cash, Wheeler. I just Dax did it too. <laughs> when uh, they were like the Green Frogs or whatever, and they, the they won the tag team. Yeah. They won the AAA uh, tag team champions. So Joe comes out, there's this guy in a full head-to-toe outfit, gold with, like, I guess, vampire teeth. Sure. No, no, Jobber no name. Of the week. It didn't look like it fit that well. I mean, it was obviously somebody. <laughs> and, and It could have been Serpentico again, for all we knew. I know, right? In a different outfit. Match starts, and this dude just starts going a ram shot <laughs> over Joe. Just beats the hell out of him, hits him with a go-to-sleep. And I mean, not a good one. Let's at, be honest. Yeah. And at this point, we already all know it's it's CM Punk. He takes his mask off and he says, "I accept, bitch." And that, you know, Saturday, I, Saturday. It was <laughs> it was the most professional wrestling shit I've ever seen in my life. And if it 
I, I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know if I liked it or hated it. Oh, I didn't like it at all. I thought it was... <laughs> the intentions, I think, were good, but then the bad go to sleep, and then, unfortunately, CM Punk started pulling off his corny. mask a little bit too early, so the whole thing just didn't go well. Um, at least we were able to kind of push that off to the side because it was the beginning of the show. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's confirmed. I mean, yeah, this was, what, the, good. This was like the first three minutes of, the, of, yeah. of Collision. <laughs> yeah. I, it, and... Yeah, so we get, we're getting CM Punk and Samojo at uh, All In. I mean, let's be thankful that we get to see that run back. I feel right. like the last match they had wasn't a hundred percent of what they both had. Let's be real. No, and it was kind of weird because they sold it like it was going to be this big ordeal, and it ended up being just a regular match. Like it wasn't a bad match. Yeah, it was to push CM Punk forward in the Owen Hart Cup. You know, right, tournament. and I and I get that, and I just but I wish it would have. I don't know. It didn't feel like it meant a lot. And it felt like they were really trying to push it as to it's the, you know, we haven't seen them in the ring for 10 years. They had a, a, you know, legendary rivalry between each other and ROH. So it was kind of one of those things where it's like, wow, this is like really, this should be a, a contender for match of the year. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe we just got, maybe I just got my expectations up a little high. Oh, it I just think we wasn't, all did. it just wasn't what I thought it would be. And, and, and they kind of, mirrored that by having joe come out and go well a roll-up isn't the way that that understandable and it's like all right i I get what they're getting now but at the same time we're you know it's a moot point at this at this point it's like losing the championship and saying hey why don't we have a scrimmage game to show who's really understandable i think what they were trying to do here was set up something long term because rvd proved this week rob van dam proved in an interview this week he said that they called aw called him at the beginning of the year to set up this match with jack perry and the first date they gave was the one that he worked Mm -hmm. so they obviously plan their stuff months in advance to me it seems like something that aw set up and it did exactly like i said gave you about 65 70 percent of what they could actually do right so that you did feel like eh, that wasn't everything so when they set it up for all in you're like okay this is actually got to be them both giving it everything they have in front of 80,000 plus fans and all the people watching. Right. I feel well, like that's going to be the match we all waited it, for. It's definitely Worth I feel wait. like it's got a, a a sense of urgency to make sure it is a very good match and for two dudes that are kind of getting out of their their, you know, twi- or into their twilight years of their career, you know, it's it's a, it's a big it's a big dish to have to serve out in uh, all in, especially a singles match too. Yeah. Not like yeah. you can tag somebody else in and get five minutes away. Like, now is this going to be like? I, it, actually, it is. It's for the real AEW World yes. Title match. I'm looking yes. at it right now. I didn't it realize is for that. For CM okay. Punk's title. Okay, so Samoa Joe could possibly leave as the ROH Television Champion as Correct. well as the real AEW World Title. Match. I mean, he's walked around with Joe Two Belts. Joe Two Belts, the king of television. I love it. He is the king of television. I really enjoyed when he was the king of television. He had the he had both. It was the TNT belt and the ROH TV championship. But he's still doing the whole king of television thing, and I think it's important that he fights every collision for that reason. He is what the TNT belt used to be. Right. The TNT belt used to be defended every week by Cody, by Sammy, by Mm -hmm. somebody. Well, that was like the whole idea. It's like the television title. It's. It's right. whenever we're on TV, I the defend title's it. defended, you know. And, and it's good. He's relevant in ROH, but he's relevant on Collision, too. Right, right. Well, if we're going to talk about relevancy, Chris Jericho has got to be one of the only wrestlers that over his entire career from beginning to end, he has made sure that he has changed himself to be relevant in absolutely modern wrestling between whether it's 
the you know attitude era the pg era the post pg era the the mcmahon era the now (laughs) aw njpw like wherever he goes he ends up having not having to but he ends up recreating his character yeah if you didn't know he says that he's very inspired by david bowie he has a david bowie tattoo recently but who is very well known for like uh, every album just like hey i'm this i'm i look like a drag queen and the next one he's like now i'm just david bowie in a a motorcycle jacket yeah and that's what chris jericho's trying to do is constantly reinvent himself and does a great job at it he really does and i feel like we're on the cusp of another one of those as we're going into all in because he uh kind of turned his back well not kind of he turned his back on the jas and they turned the back on him you know well i mean yeah uh but now has decided to go with the uh don Callis family and Apparently, Don Callis didn't have any intentions of actually keeping him in there because smashed him overhead with that gorgeous picture that (laughs) he said that that he didn't think Jericho was going to agree to be a part of the family. Which I mean, I I feel like, yeah, but goddamn, what a what a like you just sat there like, oh, I'm going to fuck him up like well before. He even made the decision. Well, yeah, it's callous, of course. You know? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> of course, you already callous. thought about this happening this way. Uh, but yeah, now we have Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay at All In. and It's kind of interesting. A lot of people don't think that it's it's a good matchup because, of course, Will Ospreay is over here in his prime, the GOAT. Oh, yeah. And then you have, I mean, the GOAT, Chris Jericho. So I mean, he changed can, the, the United States title in NJPW to, the, what is it, the European title? I now? love it, yeah. Just pop that plate off and put a brand new one on there. It's brilliant. He's I mean, just, it's probably just two Phillips head screws behind the fucking leather, so. <laughs> Let's be honest, but he's like a next generation. He's this generation, you know, huge talent. So what can we expect of something for, like, Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay? Now, I, I think with Chris Jericho, he's always one of those, like, oh, God, it's this, you know, 20, 30-year veteran. He's doing a match, you know, biggest stage of wrestling event, and we've got Chris Jericho, a 30-year veteran, taking on a very young guy. Or eh, maybe not a very young guy, but a younger guy. Sure. And I'm sure the Comparatively. Expect- if you look at it from an outsider's expect- expectations, you're like, well... It's going to be the young guy carrying the old guy, and every time this stuff happens... I don't know, guys. I think we all forget Jericho Chris, knows how to hang, he, guys. Chris Jericho, like, he's a nut in the ring. He's he's so good. Yeah. He's so, he knows his strengths. But he also is really one of the absolute best at making other people look good. Oh, 100%. He will do everything, everything in his yep. power to make the other person look good, which, and of course, Ospreay is very... And Will doesn't need Im- that, though. No, but it's very important for Will Ospreay's right. career, you know, with anything progressive with AEW. Especially and his being, contract ending in NJPW, this is a good time for Will Ospreay to show off. And especially being introduced to the the United States crowd, like it, it, you know, if you're listening to podcasts and you you know you kind of probably know who uh, Will Ospreay is, you know a little bit more than the average individual that's just watching a weekly program. Sure. But if you don't look beyond the weekly program, like a lot of people who enjoy wrestling do, yeah. don't do. And a lot of people didn't watch Forbidden Door. And if you Shame. don't know who no, these I'm people are, yeah, if you don't know who these people are, it's difficult to just have this guy come in and be the powerhouse and be the the outstanding talent that he is. Right. And not be able to sell that to the crowd without showing right. them, okay, we're going to put him in this high capacity position to to where if he fails it's going to be a huge blunder but when he doesn't you're going to be floored with this guy and And, you put him with somebody you put him with somebody who is just a tried and true fan favorite that the the song is off the charts when he mm -hmm. comes out he every little stupid saying he has 
turns into a t-shirt. He goes over so well with the fans and pairing him with Will Ospreay will then bring Will Ospreay into that fold with those fans. Right. And, I mean, let's be real. There's a reason why Tony Khan is so famous for making these incredible matches. Oh, yeah. He obviously has a lot of faith in this being something that is going to represent AEW in such a large capacity. Like, I mean, the, the pressure is on for this. You think he just threw this together for, like, absolutely no, no reason? There's no, a reason I, th- why. This is really a make-or-break moment for AEW. Now, if it, if it goes over, okay, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. But if this go, if all-in goes bad, if it's you know it ends up being one of the wor- one of their worst shows this could really screw up AEW from here on out sure but i think by putting some of these matches together that aren't the internet wrestling community's like standard go to oh this needs to happen at the biggest exactly. stage in AEW this has to happen this way uh, by doing that i think you break that mold of like oh well tony khan's just Doing it because it's he has a bunch of you know guys that are like toys to him that he can just do whatever uh, right. he wants to, you know what I mean. <laughs> so I think this is going to be one of those matches that it's going to be maybe not surprising that it's so good, but I think surprising that it is will... one of the most talked about. Maybe right. Yeah, right. I think it's going to be one of the ones that overperforms what people's expectations are. Exactly, which is always a good thing. Always not to be like expect to be underwhelmed, but to have your mind blown in a, in a sense that you are expecting certain matches to be the best. And then that one pulls you off to the side and you're like, wow. And I think that's going to be the coffin match. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I'm a huge fan of everybody involved in this coffin match. I literally have been a fan of sting since I was like three years old. Oh, so I'm stoked for it. But every time sting and Darby Allen do anything, it's usually somewhere towards like the three quarter mark of the show where it's right. starting to get a little bit lull. And you have People, that people's literal... asses are getting sore in the chairs. Yes. They're done. They don't want to spend another $9 on a soda and a fucking pretzel. Exactly. This is the time that Sting and Darby Allen are famous for. They come in. They absolutely dominate the entire time. Sting is never afraid to take a bump or two. No, and he's running that, that Joker Sting right now. Oh, which I love I, I never, this. I never really... I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm dumb as shit. I never noticed like he had different face paints okay over the years like just because i'm I'm a dumb kid Uh, (laughs) i'm really enjoying like the whole joker aspect that when he has this little bit of unhingedness to him right he's a little bit more dangerous you look at him like oh this is reminiscent of the sting that used to come out with a baseball bat and face off against five guys just because he knows he can take them. Exactly. And, and what he I'm, did with Prince Nana this week was just yeah. top notch. Yeah, and I, I do love it, it, they call it the Joker sting. He's got the face paint with the with the the you know the, the red scar, lips, you know. Yeah. And I love that it's a reference to the Joker, but it's not a direct like, oh, he's got you know, you've got like uh, like Penta, he's got an outfit that is literally the Joker. Sure. You know what he's referencing, but it's not part of his gimmick, it's just an outfit. Sting has taken the gimmick from Joker right. and has implemented it into his like his, his professional wrestling. And I, I think I it's it. great. And it paired up with Darby Allen, who's already batshit crazy. Sure. And now you've got Swerve and AR Fox, who amazing wrestlers. Ninety percent of anybody's roster. Swerve and uh AR Fox are known for having 
over the top matches. Yeah. You put if you've them. you've never seen the two of them fight in Lucha Underground, I've probably said this a million times. Please go do it. And I mean, they've even shown Dante Fox and Killshot. They've even shown that with the vignettes they've had with Nick Wayne, where they went to Nick Wayne and literally left him in a pool of his own blood right. in his dad's garage. And now the opposite thing happened this week, and I'm glad that they made mention of it that Sting and Darby approached AR's wrestling school right. and did the same thing and attack them and it yeah it was it's so good it, i'm really invested in it it's bringing back that you keep the kayfabe going outside of professional wrestling shows you see exactly clips from now back when they didn't have social media you would see these clips on monday night raw you would see somebody attacking somebody at the grocery store you would see somebody you know oh. destroying somebody's car but because we have social media you can take these things and turn them into content to get people to want to watch it. And Darby's really, really good about doing stuff right. like this. Right, yeah. Like, had... Why not use your platform to continue the story? He did this with Brody King, and they had like a, a signing or like a meet and greet Darby Allen was, was like doing. A, and like Brody a hot topic King, or yeah. something. And br- Smashed him through the, the oh, meet he and destroyed greet table. Yeah. yeah, he threw him through the table, like met, threw all the merch everywhere. There was people in line, like he was signing stuff. I haven't somebody's... met him yet. Yeah. Yeah, there's people like <laughs> signing, like getting shit signed. And. Darby just looks up and Brody just blindsides him <laughs> like right in front of a fan who paid probably $50 to, you know, but at the same time that, you know, that fan is like, oh my God, I was that standing was there when Brody yeah. attacked him. Right. So it, it, I love like these little things are doing. It doesn't seem like kayfabe. It feels like real. It feels like they really hate each other. Yeah, but like they're, they're like ha- plotting outside of their house to wait for them to scheming. leave so they can like stab their tires or something. Like it's just. It's really, really, really good. Well, we will see all of this come to a head. Darby oh, Allen staying. Coffin match. AR Fox and Swerve Circling in a coffin match. We, they a tag brought team out, coffin match, which is interesting, too. So you have to get both people in the coffin. I'm sure it's only one, okay. but I guarantee we'll both are going in. Yeah. Whether it's Sting and Darby Allen or no, it's, it's, it's AR Fox and Sting Swerve. and Darby Allen are undefeated. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, any undefeated streak has to come to an end. If yeah. Taker's streak came to an end, on a coffin nobody's. Match? The only person that, wow. uh, we'll get to that, uh, we're going to bring that up here in a second with undefeated streaks right now. Uh, but I am still convinced that, and we've talked about Sting's retirement soon, I'm still convinced that the retirement match for Sting needs to be him and Darby Allen. It's got to be. And an all out, whether it's like a hell in a cell, something, no go, uh, tribal combat, something. Uh, it doesn't have uh, to be a disrespectful thing, almost like Santos and Ray. Right. You know, like we're on the same team, but this is how I want to go out. Right. And Darby's this like, is it. okay, fuck I, it. I really think that that would, with the run that Sting is on, and I know Tony Khan has come out saying that Sting, this is Sting's like, most prolific run. I saw I, that. That's a little bit of a stretch there. Tony Khan's a hell of a businessman. Uh, <laughs> Can't play but him. regardless, if you're just looking at AEW Sting, I think it would be the best way to round off his career. It would only AEW. make sense for his entire AEW career because and Darby's he's always been in Darby's to do corner. that. He, yeah. was, he was the one that came out and like slapped Darby and was like, get your shit together. Right. You have a match up next. He's so pivotal to Darby's career, but vice versa. So right. I feel like it absolutely has to be he like that. He gave Darby that, oh shit, it's that guy power. Exactly. That when you look up in the rafters, which Darby has done, right. and you're like, oh shit, it's Darby Allen. He's going to jump off these rafters 45 feet and attack with a skateboard, you know, right. just like how Sting would come down from the rafters with a baseball bat. No, I bat. think they could do it well because they've done uh, in the past where they've done like videos. They were pre-recorded mm-hmm. videos of Darby Allen, Darby Allen having matches. I think they could do something cool like that with Sting's last match because Sting can't go 
15, 20 minutes in the ring. Let's be real. You can't I mean, yeah, that's them. why he's always in tag matches. So he but has, like, if some they had sort of something break. like that, you know, you can have one hit and then you can just edit it so it looks really good and have that really cool match that him and Darby would need to do like, and, and Darby's, in Darby's backyard or Darby's something. Darby's always been good with those cinematic matches. I They're mean, you could, do, you could do a combination of both where you have a cinematic match and then it bleeds into an actual like they come them into the coming ring. into the ring. You know, yeah. he's got blood already and from, right. you know. It looks like it's part of the video. But I, that's this is going to be one, probably one of the most hard hitting matches on the card at all. In is this is this coffin match? Yeah, don't try to leave. This is not pee break nacho time, guys. None of this is going to be pee break nacho <laughs> time. So I may be amiss to eat my words about being the most hard hitting match of the night because I did forget about the stadium stampede match. Yes, Wembley style. Wembley style. So eighty <laughs> eighty thousand plus Get in to a see stadium. Moxley bleed in a stadium stampede match. Oh, everybody's in. Everybody's in. Yeah, everybody's in. Uh, it, practically, we got a six versus six. We've got Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Pentel Zero Miedo, Ray Phoenix, Orange Cassidy, and the returning never open weight champion, Eddie Kingston, fresh out of yes. G1, 33. A lot of information here. Strong never open weight champion? Something. It doesn't matter. He's it's never Kingston, He's never man. the open he's weight back. champion. He's yep. back, and, um, uh, and he's going to be having a lot of fun as he pounds in Claudio's head as they take on, let's see here, uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. Well, they I mean, have, he, he's got beef with Claudio, but his best friend, John Moxley, is in this match. Yeah. On the opposite side, again. You know, sometimes your, your friends stand in the way, and this is just going to be friendly fire. We've got Claudio, John Moxley. I don't think there's going to be Moxley. anything friendly about anything in this match. <laughs> well, no, and you've got Wheeler Yuta, which if you just look at this, you're like, oh, BCC, cool, they're against everybody else. But Wheeler probably has the most backstory aside from Eddie Kingston and Mox, Claudio. Right, well, and, yeah, um, and Claudio. Because Wheeler Yuta was obviously a part of Best Friends. Orange Cassidy, I believe, got uh, Wheeler an opportunity to work for AEW, yes. if I'm not mistaken. He, to, he was considered his protege, yep. Yep, and uh, now he's facing him against... Each other in the well, stampede. Well, he, fa- he even famously turned his back on the best friends, right? Uh, when to make the right decision and join the BCC. In my he eyes, he ended up fighting John Moxley, and felt, you know it made perfect sense. He felt like he wasn't getting the respect that he right. was due. He Probably. was not getting the matches, the wins, anything, right? And uh, ended up leaving the, the best friends for the BCC. So, like you said, a very storied back or backstory between Orange Cassidy, Wheeler Yuta, and the best friends. Really, yeah. Um, and then. Uh, just over AEW's history between the Lucha Brothers and Moxley. Right. You know, they've had they've been that up bloody, a lot bloody battles. The last few weeks. Eddie Kingston and Moxley and Claudio all Yeah, have, so all, it's really intertwined, not just for a random reason. And then we haven't even talked about the three I open I was going to say, and there's still three open spots. Um, if you want to go over to AEW's uh, Twitter, I'm going to call it Twitter. I don't care what you say. Uh, you can see... X for the straight edge people. The... <laughs> Uh, silhouettes of their heads. Oh yes, and you can sit there like every other fan internet wrestling detective and try to figure out who it is. Um, fire up every wrestling game and look at every outline. <laughs> speculations as to who you think or might might like to see. Well, I can't really make I can't really make my predictions because I hadn't thought about it, and then you said something, then I can't not get it out of my head. So I'm gonna let, I'm gonna throw the question back to you. Well, I who feel do like you think are gonna be the three participants on BCC side. Well, of course, Shooter. Yeah, shoot, shoot Shooter McGavin? Shooter McGavin. Now, that would make things really <laughs> interesting. I'm going to go with Shooter McGavin, Bob Shooter Barker, McGavin. but then who would Ooh, be the Bob third? Bob Barker, shit. Probably that... The crocodile? <laughs> the crocodile. Yeah, no, probably the, the, the big dude that was Happy's boss. 
Oh my God! If if you're over the age, if you're oh my God! If you don't get this reference, oh my God! Happy Madison. No, Happy, Happy Madison. Gavin. That was the production company. Yeah, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> no, uh, I don't think it's going to be Shooter McGavin. Although that would be again quite God, interesting. I, Actually, I think he's dead. Not that no, I think no, about no, it. He's, he's not, not dead. dead. Okay. No. Jade. Randy. Whatever your whatever your name is, I need you to fact check. Is <laughs> Shooter McGavin dead? Yeah. But- and then text me as soon as you know. And yep. then if you don't text me... Then we'll know you didn't listen to the we podcast. We know you didn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> so, again, uh, Shota Umino. Okay. The the, the shooter, that makes is, a little bit more sense. He's like the, the, the stepbrother BCC member. He's there, the but he's he lives in a different house. He Sure. <laughs> he lives in the backyard. Yeah. Um, so you have God. him. But I was thinking, you know, you've got two people left, and I haven't really analyzed these people's heads, but... You know, I, I wouldn't analyze any of these what? people's heads. There would be the, the six guys in this match. There's a lot going on in their heads, and I, I've got my own problems. I couldn't right. imagine the problems they've got in their heads. I think if you're going to make things interesting and not tell us who it is, you're you got to have somebody who's like a returning member, or somebody mm, from a different country, somebody or something. That has maybe so some we got history involved with these other individuals. Yeah, but also like really close ties to fighting best friends. How about uh, the returning Santana? And I hope his best friend Ortiz. I mean, not confirmed returning, but rumored. That well, I mean, there if you're following Santana on Twitter, you see that he's definitely been hinting that he's coming back. He's been out since the uh, blood and guts match blood and last guts year, match not, last this previous, year. not this right. previous one, the one before that. It, it was within seconds he came in and right. like twisted his knee or something like that. He's been out um, ever since. So. We talked about this a few weeks ago. They've mm-hmm. they've been on, him and Ortiz have been kind of on the outs. They, I guess, were not agreeing creatively, create on creative, and the rumor was that that was going to lead to Santana not renewing his contract and leaving AEW, which it sucked because I, I was really enjoying them. Um, so I mean, to see them come back would be great, but we still have Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision uh, before All Out. So you really never know. That's just you what I'd know. like yeah, to see they, personally, right? They, but the backstory, like I said, with best friends, and they did that. Um, what did they call that? Where they fought in Daly's place? They, BCG just did it recently too. Oh, the parking friends. lot brawl. I don't think they yeah. had a name for it. It was just a, it yeah. was it was the parking lot brawl because uh, best friends had fought Santana and Ortiz in that, and I feel like all of this coming together mm-hmm. would make so much sense with it be ending with Santana and Ortiz. So. Oh, one hundred percent. And but you know they seen, won't let us down. I mean, and even if you go on the AW website, you can see that they've put him, uh, Santana and Ortiz back into active. Uh, participants i guess uh so but we'll see we you know like i said we got a week until uh the pay-per-view and hell you know how AEW does they might not even say who it is until the three mm-hmm. bcc members are standing at the top of the stage at yeah. wembley and you hear somebody's music kicks in you mean ishii i would love to see ishii at all and I, anytime <laughs> i'll see i can i can see ishii so we talked a lot about collision so far in this episode and you can't talk about collision without talking about the Collision Cowboys. The Collision bang, Cowboys. Bang. I love that nickname. It's so <laughs> fucking good. Uh, Bullet Club Gold, which is Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Kanosuke Takeshita. Rock hard. <laughs> Rock hard, Juice Robinson. We'll be taking on the Golden Elite, Adam Page, Kenny Omega, and Kota Ibushi. So real quick, before we get into this match, sure. I, ha- I have something I, I guess not admit, but I work with a guy at work named Ricky. And if you've seen all of the Collisions... They had uh, Juice Robinson was having like a back and forth with Ricky, and every time he saw him, he Ricky. Yeah, and I swear to God, I yelled at him at least once a day, and he looks at me like I have fifteen heads. <laughs> and I've even tried to explain to him, it's like, oh, it's this guy. He's named Rockhard Juice Robinson, 
and he looks at me like I've got like 25 heads. He just, he, it's the funniest damn thing. So just, just little shinfo about you know mark's life outside of <laughs> coffee and wrestling i just love these guys like the best thing for collision was that they put bullet club gold with the guns i love it i, I, I love austin and i don't know how i didn't think of the guns joining bullet club right gold and it's when perfect. they did it was like the bang bang gang yeah. you know it was like j-lo and 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 Benefer, whatever that I can't remember his name. Oh my name god! Is now. Well, Benefer was the two Benifer. of them together. That would be Ben Affleck. Affleck. I don't see. I don't know anything outside of wrestling. I don't. I don't know pop culture. I tried. <laughs> this is why. This is why we don't do a pop culture podcast. This is why it's not coffee and pop culture. It's coffee and wrestling. Coffee and pop culture. Yeah. Uh, Bullet Club Gold has become one of my favorite factions. I love them. I didn't know. If I was gonna like Juice Robinson when he came out, I wasn't his biggest fan. I'm gonna, and now I'll be honest. I am. Just as rock hard as Juice Robinson is whenever he comes out. I love it. I think BCG is great. The addition of the guns is great. Um, I don't the, care what Clark Connors says. I, I was just about to say we got Clark Connors talking some shit about every other Bullet Club besides the New Japan. Even the OC, War Dogs, funny as hell. Led by David Finley, who was the one that attacked... Uh, Jay White, Jay White and right. basically kicked him out of NJPW, mm-hmm. which then led him in a to land in AEW. And I am still hopeful that we are going to see oh, yeah. an NJPW Bullet Club War Dogs crossover with Bullet Club Gold and what other other Bullet Clubs we got in WWE and in Impact right. and and wherever else. Like I want to see the Bullet Club universe come to an absolute head and just oh, it's like I want an entire Bullet Club pay per view. I want. I, I want every Bullet Club associated member. If you've been member, an active member at some point, I mean, obviously the elite. for your crimes or, get rid, or get rid of the Bullet Club logo. And it's like a worldwide thing. You just right. get rid of all the Bullet Club. Right. Except for. Send the, your best Bullet, former 100%. Bullet Club. Former, See, I'm telling or, you, Tony Khan, call me. So, yeah, <laughs> we have the six-way match between Bullet Club Gold and the Golden Elite. The Golden Elite. Adam Page, and let's not, Kenny Omega, and Kota Ibushi. Yeah, let's not take any steam off the fact that this is three of the, the Two-thirds of greatest. these former Bullet Club members. Right, while well, we're talking about Bullet Club. And then Kota Ibushi, who we didn't realize was going to be being back into such a big platform in AEW so quickly. Why Kenny not? definitely said he would be Why around, not, but right? wow, like right away. It's in- incredible. People have been begging for these two to be back on t- uh, back in wrestling oh, together. Lovers. Why not put them in the most, the, the biggest event in wrestling sure. history? You know, of course, they've been thinking about all this with All In, you know, for a very long time. So oh, I'm sure this it been, might seem this random is... to some people, but I'm sure they've been planning this for. And a lot of people are upset ever. about that. A little side note, a lot of people are upset about the booking of All In, how it doesn't have like every dream match that you could ever dream up. Eat a dick. Well, it's not your show. It's not your okay. show. And and I think if you did <laughs> I think if you did everything that everybody expects you to do in this pay per view, it's gonna come off corny. It's gonna come well, off. And pandering. then what do you have to watch for anymore? You have nothing to look forward to anymore. Right. Well, I want the Claudio and, and Eddie Kingston one on one. Well, we're not ready for that. We need to keep that for a little bit longer. Yeah, you how are you gonna put that how are you gonna make that build up or right. not have that build up and then put it at the, at the biggest Right. You know, I mean all not yet. I, 
I, at the same you know, time, I guarantee same somebody with, is fuming right now listening to this saying, well, there's this rivalry has no build up either. Well, and a lot of people are very upset that it's not Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Well, we've just done both of those oh, yeah. very recently. And it those are dilute, NJPW. But those are NJPW rivalries, too. Mm-hmm. Those aren't technically an AEW rivalry. And the only so why reason would you we saw it here? on AEW product was because it's a crossover between AEW and NJPW. Exactly. The other time was NJPW. So it's it, that's also not the right time. So I don't know. I guess I'm understanding of sometimes there's a long game to this. You have to keep watching every week, see what happens. And when they finally give it to us, how great it will feel. And I don't think that we're going to see the Golden Elite and Bullet Club Gold develop into this huge rivalry between each other over this. I think this is something to make a good match with. I think it's going to be a great wrestling match. Yeah, but individually they'll be able to push their storylines along. You've got the Golden Elite, you know. Yes, now you're more familiar with the Bushi fighting a a very you know one of the top guys in AEW plus Kota Ibushi, who's you know exactly. You're keeping the Kanosuke Takeshita rivalry going with Kenny Omega. Don Callis is going to be there. So individually, I think there is a lot there, but I don't think we're going to see more beyond this. Uh, outside of all in, maybe a little bit to just kind of flush out the story so that it's not like, oh, they fought and then that's it. But I think that this is going to be one of those things that it's 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 setting the course for more than just these two teams fighting each other. Well, if it, this ends in Juice Robinson versus Kenny Omega one on one, I'm in. Bang, oh bang. <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang versus bang versus I bid you adieu. Bang. bang. So while Hangman and Kenny are hanging out with Kota Ibushi and doing the flippy flips with the Bullet Club Gold, uh, you will be seeing the Young Bucks taking on FTR for the AEW World Tag Team title matches. And I think we couldn't talk about this match without talking about Cash Wheeler getting arrested. Like, I'm sorry. I don't want to talk about it. We're never ones to talk about the negative. Yeah. Um, Cash Wheeler got arrested for... Apparently, brandishing a gun in an argument on the road. The story if you've been looks on I-4, really weird. You know, it's easy to get upset. If you or have if, people upset with you. Honest to God, though, if you've been on I four in Florida and you've never had some dude in a jacked up truck or jeep yell at you and point either a weapon or something at you, uh, yeah, try to run you off the road, then you haven't driven on I four very much. Of course, not justifying Cash's not at all, not behavior at all. in the slightest. I don't understand why it escalated like that, but regardless. There was a lot of rumors flying around. Everybody on Twitter, uh, all of a sudden, uh, they're a lawyer. And they knew exactly what was going to oh, happen. But it lawyer. turns out, AEW has obviously confirmed that FTR and the Young Bucks will be fighting at Wembley right. at All In. Rubber match for the titles. We haven't really talked a lot about this match. How do you see this going? Like, how do you see this ending? <sighs> Pending I whatever could... Cash is dealing with in his personal life, you know? Well... It's it's interesting that, you know, it could go either way for me. I could see FTR keeping the titles and continuing on with the, I'm going to say a hot take here, the mediocre title run that they've had since getting the belts. Well, they haven't really given them a lot of just tag team matches. It's been a lot with CM Punk. It's been a lot of right. building up a collision. So, no, right. I don't and think I FTR feel like has had taken, a great run this time around. I feel like it's taken a lot of steam out of their tag title run. It has. It's not to take away anything from FTR. Every time they're in the ring, I'm impressed with them, and I love FTR. I used to listen to the, to Dax's podcast. I like you know I like their style of wrestling. I like the way they go about, you know, whatever you want to call it. I just don't feel like it was the best tag team run. Now, 
the Young Bucks haven't had the titles in a while, and this is their first chance in a good little minute. Not since they lost to the Lucha Bros, right? I believe so. I could see them also winning these titles, but not because it's going to be the Young Bucks' next like big thing. I think that it's going it, to... If, putting my money down, I think that the Young Bucks are, are going to win this, and this is going to turn into something with the Hardys. Like it was supposed to run out the original Like it time. was rumored to okay. be years ago that the Hardys were going to supposed to get their run, and I think that's what this is going to build into is the Hardys getting the titles from the Young Bucks, giving the Hardys one last title run, giving the Hardys the spotlight one last time. They've already said this is their final run in wrestling, and I think that would be a good way to, you know, get it done and over with. Right. Give, give the Hardys their last hurrah. By the way, I don't know what I was thinking. Of course, the Young Bucks had the titles before Keith Lee and Swerve. They that's right. Yep, they were like a transitional champ in between them. And then, it. I mean, I mean, let's be honest here. We talked about it earlier. Make the Hardys the AEW Tag Team Champions, right? Okay. All of a sudden, here comes Team 3D. Well, and all like of a sudden, here about. comes Christian. And lo and fucking behold, we're looking at Revolution. On this day, here comes Edge, <laughs> and we have a. Three-way tag match, right. TLC, yep. at Revolution, oh my. for the AEW Tag Team Championships between the Hardys, uh-huh. Team 3D, uh-huh. and Edge and Christian. I think I said that twice. The seats would sell out so quickly, they would have to book Wembley again. They would have to come to Orlando. Oh, don't even play around. <laughs> don't even play. I, like, oh, I'm hopping I, on a plane and I'm going wherever that is, Kansas. I, and even without Edge and Christian, Kansas even with, without Edge being a thing, I right. think that giving the Hardys one last opportunity to be tag team champions, uh-huh. I would love to see it. Well, and I don't know what I can't speak for for anybody because I don't know how he's doing as far as his injury is going. But if we're going to talk about the ultimate way for the Hardys to go out. One last run as tag team champion. Sure, of course. They're one of the best tag teams of all time. Mm-hmm. Do they deserve a final run? Absolutely. They deserve that run in AEW. Obviously, Jeff's doing whatever he needs to do, which is great. But what if we got the return of Mark Quinn and Brother Zay, who's been by the Hardys this entire yep. time, and they are the ones, private party, that get the tag team belts off of the Hardys. They grew up loving... The Hardy Boys, oh, yeah. just as I did, just as we did, and getting the tag team belts from Matt and Jeff, like that would be the coolest thing, not I only for cool. them, but it would make so much sense that's in some, the story for that's a some private long term storytelling there. Just but yeah, saying, I, I could see that, that would being make a so thing. much sense in the AEW allure. You know, he's been there by your side this whole time. You finally are going to get a chance at these belts, I, and I, they get it. I, I could see that happening. You would have to rebuild private party back up to be a fan favorite and yep. they've had They're so good they are but they have been riddled with injuries just yeah. like uh uh top flight unfortunately back-to-back injuries whether it was darius or it was or dante it's just right. been non-stop i mean mark's been out for hella yeah he's been out for a good long little minute but you know brothers a or, or whatever you want to call him like he's he's been able to to stay in the limelight and keep keep it going. Right. I mean, he's had that with uh, Ethan Page and Jeff or, or Matt Hardy. Uh, Even before it, Jeff was a part of AEW. Yeah, but I really think like if you're going to do something like that, and but you have time to do it, you would have to rebuild Mark Quinn and and him back up yep. to 
if Mark Quinn being could perform, the, the, perf- the performers they were before, yeah, they they could definitely do that. They have the charisma, and I hate to I hate to compare them all the time, but they remind me so much of the Street Profits in such a positive, like smaller way. versions. Oh my God, they're so good. The, the charisma is just out, and like, their chemistry is really, really like, like it's unquestionable that that, oh, that they're so partners. Good. You know what I mean? And like you said, much like the uh, the Street Profits, like you just they know each other in the ring. The Hardys, right. same thing. Team 3D, Edge right. Christian, you know, you know the Young Eddie, Bucks, the Young yeah. Bucks, you know, FTR, like all you of them know have your that partner. chemistry of of I know. Even though it's behind my back, I know this guy's going to jump off of this and he's going to be in that spot yeah. so he can save my ass. That's like John Silver and Alex Reynolds. They have yeah. such a great in-ring. Any good in-ring. tag team. Yeah, absolutely. The Rock and uh Sock Connection. Yes, 100%. Oh, you were going to say 100%. that. 100%. <laughs> yes. The, the most underrated tag team of all time. I don't give a shit. Oh, God. What a time. What a time. Uh, but yeah, going to be a real good match between those two. Uh, FTR, Young Bucks. I, I can't see how they're not going to put on a good match. and For sure. And it would make sense for, like you said before, the Young Bucks to be able to pull off the win at this capacity. The Young Bucks, just because they are the people that helped create this company and they're what, the executive vice presidents? What are EVP? Yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever it, it is. is. They don't always book themselves to win. You know, like you got to be real here. Obviously, it comes down to who gets booked to win, but so they don't always book themselves. They yeah. put the, they put a lot of tag teams over, but I feel like this would make a lot of sense with everything that's happened in an all in history. Right. Kenny's not in a singles match, so he's not going for a belt. Cody's not there. Mm-hmm. And so, this is this is all in was the pay per view that started all elite all wrestling. This, it wasn't right. AEW all in the first one. It was just all in. Exactly. It was the name of the of just a wrestling pay per view. Yeah. So it makes sense for the Young Bucks to win here. Nobody could be upset by that. And got the celebration in Wembley. And honestly, even if they don't, FTR winning, I, it's gonna, it can go either way. It's going to be a great match. Everybody's going to be just as happy as everybody's going to be just as mad when whoever wins. Sure. All right. We're going to talk about the women's division. Uh, so far, there's only one match set up. I'm hoping that they'll at least do a buy-in. Especially you know, with the amount of criticism women's wrestling has been getting recently yeah, and how it's being booked. I mean, we can have a friendly Willow versus uh, Chris Statlander for the TBS championship. You know, <laughs> again, Tony Khan, you need some ideas. We have a bunch. Um, but we are going to be seeing an AEW women's world title four-way match. The champion, Hikaru Shida, will be taking on Soraya, Tony Storm, and Dr. Britt Baker. Now, before we even go anywhere, I have to give... So much credit to Tony Storm. She was kind of blending in with the outcasts. That's what they're called, right? I don't know why every week we both are like, what is the name of them? I don't know. Um, (laughs) She was kind of blending in. And now she's doing this like disgruntled like Marilyn Monroe. Very like British accent or uh, whatever accent she's got. It's almost like accentuating it. it. Like the way she's doing her hair. I absolutely love it. The backstage interview with Lexi Nair, she said something like, I don't know who interviewed me last week, but they were horrible. And she was talking to Lexi, who was the person who interviewed her. Right. She throws shoes at her at the end. Um, just even, the way her interviews are just so She's good. doing the heel like everything bothers her about what everybody does, how she asks the questions, what she's asking, you know, the... Uh, the audacity that you would even ask something like mm-hmm. that, like very get that stupid look off your face, and that very like, but playing the victim role too exactly. at the same time, like oh well, uh, I wasn't able to do this because this happened. Very just <laughs> lean- has an answer for everything. Yeah, yeah, it's 
hopefully I kind of I'm kind of hoping that she kind of goes outside of the the outcasts or the outsiders or whatever we're seems calling. like an outcast yeah. um just I, I I I've been very critical about Tony Storm and I'm not really the biggest fan of hers and this has kind of got my 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 interest peak yeah. you know obviously she was in the group with Soraya who hasn't wrestled a ton since she's been in AEW but she will right. also be in this match so there's got to be which Something is going to be there. an interesting dynamic, yeah. Yeah, because even Tony was asked about it, and she didn't really make any mention. Well, or... she was asked, you know, she said, I I trust her fully to have, you know, so that there won't be any, you know, debauchery in the match, and mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be a fair fight. There's got to be something there well, that's set up for the match, you know. I mean, yeah, it, I, it's, the writing's on the wall. You, can, mm-hmm. you can't deny that that's going to be an, an element. Anytime you have two people that are on the same side of something that end up being in a match where it's everybody for themselves. Right. You always end up seeing a little bit of friction. Between. Somebody goes, uh, screw you. Yeah. I mean, cause there can only be one winner. And if, <laughs> you know, it. if Tony storm gets annihilated by something and Soraya or Soraya sees an opportunity to pin, like, it's for the belt for sure. But if Soraya happens to be laying with, you know, her face pretty low in the corner and Tony storm just happens to mistake her and take her out with a, or no, know that it's her and take her out with that gnarly hip that she does. Right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, but then you have Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida who were on bad terms for a while. We're on the ended same up team for a little on bit. On the same team. But they don't have that same dynamic. If, if these two could go at it right now, just the two of them, and they, they of wouldn't course. hold back. But they have their own backstory, too. Right, so right. A lot to unpack here. Personally, I'm just hoping it's a it's a great match, and we see Hikaru Shida retain that belt, hold on to it for a while. I'm really interested to see what she's going to do. So to take it away so quickly after only a couple matches, I feel like would just... Right be another bad thing. But then the other the other side of that the coin division. though. The other side of that coin though is this the this is the uh the biggest you know stage that AEW has and in, especially with their women's division, you know, would it be more exciting to have her lose the title? Would it be worth it for the the pop or would it be worth it to have your champion retain and create a, a bigger, you know, legacy on their what second title run yeah i believe this is her second i feel like b you know put that in the capacity that hikaru shida beat out three other women right former champions two other former champions in this huge match right right Britt baker being the first woman to ever sign with aew and you know there's like so much history here i think that is more important to hikaru shida's legacy and again, the women's division has just been criticized. There's a lot of eyes on it. Let's keep this going. Let's let's push one person. She's been doing she's been taking a lot of her own time to promote this, you know, show, whether it be interviews here or in England. Right. She's done a lot of interviews to talk about this championship. You're talking so about Hikaru feel, Shida. Hikaru Shida. So I feel like she's really putting in the time as a champion should. Right. To try to I mean, she's not from the United States and she's her English has gotten really well. She it's speaks been, uh, really well. Lot, I, I don't know if they play that up on on TV at all, but she was on uh, what uh, was hey AEW and yeah. she ha- like she speaks better English than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. It just from what I've seen on TV, I don't know if they've just worked on it a lot since the last time she was on in speak in a speaking role on TV, but her English pronunciation has gotten so much better. I can understand her. So much better. I know right. that was a big criticism of 
a women's wrestler, or not just women's wrestler, but a wrestler that doesn't speak English na- natively. You know, if the people at home can't understand what the champion course, is saying, it's difficult. Of course, this is a televised program, Yeah, right? it's difficult to to deliver emotions for a match through right. just, you know, the their body mo- or their, their body language. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, can, I could see her holding on to this belt. I could see it going to another person. Uh, She's just so hot right now as far as, like, the... the just the wrestler that she is everybody loves her it makes sense she didn't get the recognition when she was champion before because it was during covid she didn't yeah, really there wasn't get to a perform. single person in the crowd the only time she performed in front of a crowd she lost the belt yep and now here she is imagine how much that means to her and how much that proves that tony khan believes in she did to keep that going but there's so much here and i think there's something interesting that we have to at least why not have fun to speculate a little bit? You had texted me something interesting that I think you should b- bring up about the women's division, about uh, the Spanish announce. Yes, yes. Thunder Rosa on. has technically not yet been cleared. Uh, however, she will be in All In. She says she will be at M- at Wembley doing the Spanish uh, commentary. But just was like two weeks ago. She said something about having like a five minute challenge or five yeah, minute with Doc match Samson. Uh, with Doc Sampson to see how well she's doing. Mm-hmm. And so that she I'm is technically cleared. Yeah, I'm wondering if she's going to play a part in Britt Baker not being able to get the win over Hikaru Shida. Uh-huh. Because we were talking about how Hikaru Shida's, you know, building another another championship run and uh, Britt Baker being the first woman signed, they've put a lot of time and, and energy into her. She won the uh, Owen Hart uh, tournament, tournament the last first year. year. Yep. Um, former AEW Women's Champion, one of probably one of the, the best, best reigns. Yeah. Um, Definitely my favorite, personally. And to have her lose would kind of pull some steam out of her. But if you put an, an element to where Thunder Rosa, who has had a rocky history with uh, Britt Baker. Yep. Make her, they said they've made up. You know? Of course. I mean, everybody makes up, but, you know, there's always going to be animosity. They never really finished that story with the two No, no. And I think this could be an opportunity that, like I said, I don't think she's going to run in and smack her in the head with a chair. But maybe <laughs> maybe she puts the headset down for a minute and just stands up by the ring when uh, Britt Baker is about to, you know, hit her finisher and just catch, catches her eye for a split Pulls second. Pulls her legs down or something. Yeah, you know, something, just something. I think she could walk She could walk into collision and be a heel from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Like, she's already got that, like, potential heat. Why not? They've, you been, know? Pr- they've been promoting her on the intro, on the commercials right. for collision. Obviously, she's coming there. It makes so much sense. I mean, it, it, she's even said like it's, it. her return her return is sooner than everybody thinks. Yeah. I, I, so I then, yeah, you make it, it look like it's Brit's going to win, and then something happens with Thunder mm-hmm. Rosa, and everybody's and like super said, upset. You don't have to make it a super heel thing. wins. You can just have, you have the camera angle, Brit hits... You know this, and then she goes to put her in the uh, the the lock that she does that I can't remember the name of, and all of a sudden the camera pans over, and there's Thunder Rosa right on the apron, staring at Britt, and Britt like stops for a minute and stares, and then Soraya comes in and kicks Britt Baker, and she's not able to, you know, and then she ends up getting the getting the uh, getting pinned, you know, and that would set up. I mean, you could even do that all out. Yeah, absolutely. So there's so much to add to that, but yeah, interesting. I really like your perspective on that. And finally, last I guess but finally, not least, finally and first, I guess, because they're on the <laughs> beginning and the end, uh, we have the AEW world title match between 
best friends Maxwell Jacob Friedman and Adam Cole Bebe. Bebe, yes. And this isn't the only match that these two have. To unpack here. There's a lot to unpack there, but they also have a tag match on the zero hour pre show, which starts at noon. Uh, If you're in the United States. In the United States, yeah. Uh, Between MJF and Adam Cole, better than you, Bebe. Yes. And our boys Aussie Open. Aussie Open. For the ROH Tag Team Championships. Yes, because MJF knows how much these Tag Team Championship belts would mean to Adam Cole. Right. A lot. There's so much to to unpack. I I feel like a quarter of this pay-per-view is dedicated to MJF and Adam Cole. Oh, God, yeah. And just the story every week, the backstage antics, the little dates that they go on. We had the the, uh, the dodgeball date this week. MJF was like, listen, we're going to go right to the source. We're going to go right to, you know, the place that we need to go to get into. Their Mecca, the Australians' Mecca place to go. Outback. Outback Steakhouse, baby. I lo- Adam Cole's mind was blown. I guess he'd never seen a Bloomin' Onion before. Apparently. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if you've seen, but on on, on X or Twitter, uh, MJF tweeted to Outback, and Outback actually retweeted back, and there's like kind of a back and forth, and it was kind of funny. So Tony Khan's got some sponsorships uh, he could probably pick up from Outback Steakhouse. You might as well run with it. Hey, they were smart to tweet MJF back. So, yeah, we've got Better Than You, Bebe, taking on Aussie Open for mm-hmm. the ROH tag titles. And then... Uh- yeah, go ahead. I'm so oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean to throw you off. No, no, no. You're fine. And then we've got the main event later on, which is MJF. Hours later. Versus Adam Cole for right. the most coveted prize in all of professional wrestling. What are we doing with this? Like, I know it's gotten a lot of criticism because uh-huh. people are worried uh, that, you know, Adam Cole or MJF could get injured in their tag team match. Something right. could happen. Uh, and a lot of things could happen. Uh, but we have... I I don't I can't think of a time where you had your world champion and his challenger in a tag match with each other and then for later a different on tag titles right for for a different tag team championship and then later on they have to fight each other I can't think of a single time there was <laughs> this is a situation yeah. like this in a wrestling promotion I I love it. I, like, what are we doing here? What, what, do you, what is going to come of this? There's got to be some reason that um, they're doing this. And I know belts are belts and everybody wants to have all yeah. the belts. I can't, I can't see this being a thing to just promote the zero hour pre-show. Uh-huh. I, I, I just, I, there's got to be more to this. Well, I have thought about this probably way too much. Honestly, just at random times, you know, you're like scrubbing the dishes and you're like, what are they doing here? Like, there's something to this, you know, Um, I can understand the concerns of we're putting the people in the main event and the uh, AEW championship holder in a situation where they can get hurt and can't have that main event later in the night. Right. So I don't see this being a very long match. I think it's going to be more of a storytelling match. Right. They might do some dance moves or something like they've been doing. Like, oh, should we do the kangaroo kick? That whole thing. Right. Um, but I think something. This is just what I've come to the conclusion. And what? Who do I? What do I know? I'm nobody. Um, this is what I think might happen. Something happens so that uh, Aussie Open retain. Right. As they probably should, because that would be kind of weird. They shouldn't take the reins from Aussie Open. They should push them and 
put a name on not only the ROH Tag Team Championships, which should absolutely be being talked about, should be talked about right now, but also Aussie Open. Right. But have a situation that maybe MJF causes them to lose. Right. And just now like MJF. You did the AW tag titles. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I keep doing this. And the, they kind of play on that. Mm-hmm. So then when it comes time for you to have this main event, MJF almost seems so apologetic. I, I, man, I'm so sorry about earlier. You know, they. Right. And Adam Cole's like, don't worry about it. Let's just get to this match. And that like plays into it so that you're almost thinking that. When's MJF going to turn? When's something going to happen? When's MJF going to do something? But the interesting thing about this is technically, technically, both are going in as a face. Right. And that's really hard to sell a match when you have two faces who are best friends going for tag team championships together without realizing that this has happened before. Okay. I agree with you. Okay. Everything you said, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Now I'm going to go back, I don't know, five, six, seven weeks when I was going on about when is MJF going to turn. Uh-huh. There's one thing that nobody has addressed and it's very, very seldomly been talked about. I've only heard a few people even mention this. We do have this tag title match. So they're both going in as faces, but the one thing we have not, we have not touched on is the fact that Adam Cole signed a contract for the main event at Wembley without a single look as to what he is signing. Yeah, that is something that we did notice. You know, you could pull I, Matt Hardy and be like, hey, guess what? And there's I, a stipulation to I this think there's, or I something. I think that's where we're going with because okay. there hasn't been a single mention of this this contract that MJF just had in his hands. Right. Pulled out of nowhere and was like, hey, I want you to sign this. Well, and who wouldn't be given this opportunity and be like, of course, dude, you're my best friend. Like, right. of course, I'm going to sign this. Hand me the pen. Like, let's go. Now, that being said, I'm not saying that is the way it's going to go. I okay. just find that it'd be an interesting thing that nobody it has po- talked about it. And it, we're always talking about wrestling doesn't surprise anybody anymore because we've all done the storylines. It's all just regurgitated bullshit. Yeah. I really think that this could be something that could lead to something bigger. Okay. Now, with that being that said. That could be fun. I don't think MJF is going to leave, whether good, bad, or indifferent, whether he's the champion or not. I don't think he's leaving Wembley as a heel. I think Adam Agreed. Cole is turning, turning heel. And I also think that, too. And that's where my point was coming back earlier is when I said we've seen this before. We've seen this before. Uh, about 20 years ago with The Rock and Stone Cold. You're still on that tip, aren't you? you? Wanna, yeah, you want to have a heated debate in our household? Who's better, Rock and Stone Cold? I think the two of us will literally go at we each other's devo- throat. We will never have this conversation. Dying on that hill. We will never have this conversation because it will end up in divorce. Yeah, it, do- it will not go well. And I'm on Team Rock, by the way. <laughs> so let's just, let's yeah, just the, say that. the losing team. <laughs> so... In this bout that they had at WrestleMania 17, they had my way, you know, first off, but also <laughs> my Limp biscuit. So the rock comes Good in job dating yourself. They both. Yeah, they both are faces at this point. The rock comes in as the champion. The whole thing. I don't mean to spoil it for you, just in case you haven't seen it. Now, if you haven't seen WrestleMania 17 and you're waiting to uh, watch the main event, <laughs> I guess just skip over to the j- next. Yeah, podcast. skip over to the next part. Um, Spoiler alert. Vince McMahon comes in and kind of throws everything off. And I think it's very important to note what happened this week with the video of MJF and Adam Cole because right. they 
are talking about the kangaroo kick and they realize that this is a good opportunity to mess with one of the guys in the back, Charlie, and give him the double clothesline. And they do. And they get scolded by Tony Khan, who's never been shown in a capacity like this. Well, I mean, he's been on TV, but he's never... He's, he's never, never been, been mean like, like, yeah, or never had to pull the authoritative figure right. move. And that's what Tony Khan's doing here is he's yelling MJF and Adam Cole. You can never do the double clothesline, you know, outside of the ring ever again. Don't let me catch you doing this. Uh, MJF afterwards is like, oh, phew, wait till 2024. And Tony right. Khan opens up the door and he's like, what was that? MJF's like, oh, nothing. And he's like, that's what I thought. Okay. See you guys later, and acts all like typical Tony Khan. So, I th- I am interested to see if that's what's going to play out with this as well. Is right. that Tony Khan is going to interfere with MJF retaining his championship? Right. And Adam Cole is going to turn heel and walk out as the champion, baby, with Tony Khan. In cahoots with Tony Khan? I think, like, why not take this opportunity to finally do some, like, authoritative backstage? They don't do that in AEW. Like, some fun with that. Like, oh, yeah, like, me and Tony Khan. Or the Triple H. They kind of do that a little Shane bit in ROH McMahon. with the uh, board of directors they have. Oh, that's but. a whole different tip. But, yeah, do that old school, like we said, Attitude Era thing where it's like Adam Cole and uh, Tony Khan are like Vince McMahon and Triple H. Right. We're running things here. Right. Well, I mean, I, I don't think I, I have to agree with you. I think that it's too out of place for Tony Khan to not have something to do with uh, Wembley, uh, whether it's a direct, uh, you know, responsibility as to who, what the outcome of the match is. I don't know if Tony Khan will be involved that much, but I guess we'll end up seeing Sunday. Just. A week away at this point. Yeah, a week away from today. Well, today when you hear this, it'll be six days away. Uh, but yeah, it's finally here. It's uh, it's really crazy. I'm really excited. over eighty thousand people. Wembley Arena, one of a legendary arena in uh, in London. In London outdoors, which is going to be interesting because the weather last I saw was the weather looks so cooperative. Sketchy. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's that'll like be interesting. Nineteen degrees and and very windy. Uh, well, you got to remember that was nineteen degrees Celsius. Not oh, 19 okay. degrees Fahrenheit. There's okay. a huge difference between okay. those two. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for AEW All In and probably this episode. The podcast for this week. Yeah. Thank uh, you so much for joining us. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter. We are at CAW Wrestling Pod. And not only there, but also on Facebook, on Instagram, Threads, X. Yeah. We try to stay relevant. We appreciate you if you could uh, go over there and follow us and make sure you tell use, us how you like the podcast. And make sure you use uh, hashtag CAW Wrestling Predictions. Oh CAW Predictions. Yes. Uh, where we post our predictions for every pay-per-view and All In is going to be no exception. We no. will have them posted usually an hour prior to the start of it. And we don't, there's nothing to win over except for just bragging rights. <laughs> and I am your... CW Predictions Champion. My belt is uh, currently being designed, and my face is going to be etched into pure gold. Good Lord, the beard and, and I will wear it around my waist. So not only will my face be the most amazing <laughs> thing that you people will see, but with this stuff around my waist will be the most amazing Great. thing for the first time in my life. Uh, if you're going to be watching All In, we would love to see what your actual predictions are. And the only way that we'll be able to see that is if you tag us or use, again, the hashtag CAW Predictions. Uh, you can find me on Twitter slash X at Gunk Dudley. <laughs> this is going to be weird. I can't accept the X. Twitter You X. can find me at X a Twitter. bacon party. 
Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you tune in every Monday morning for a fresh cup of coffee and wrestling, a wrestling podcast. And we will see you in the next episode. Bye, friends.